Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness and opportunity in VFX, animation and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects animation and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Hello and welcome to another Access VFX podcast. Um, This is our fourth podcast in our Stay at Home series and regular podcast subscribers, listeners, whatever the vernacular is, will know that we discuss the subjects of parenting and caring responsibilities in last year's Mums and Dads special episodes. Um, I'm sure you've all listened to them um, ad nauseum. And we find ourselves now with this kind of combo of kind of parenting and and, and homeschooling or caring for, 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 for others in our, in our care, that it, it's more prevalent now than ever for obvious reasons uh, and why we're doing this video conference from all of our homesteads. Um, and we're doing all of this whilst we continue to deliver on projects, jobs and shows, because we've said on a number of these episodes that the VFX animation and games industry is still alive and well and chugging along. You know, there's still work coming in. So this episode we've, uh, we've entitled the, the Access VFX Guide to Caring in Lockdown. So a very long title, but you get the gist, hopefully. And we hope that this, like all of our other video podcasts and the audio ones before that, will, will offer some support to those of you out there performing this uh, wonderful balancing act um so that's my cheesy intro um i'm gonna leave the intros to all of you now on on the call so over to our our brady bunch celebrity squares that i see in front of me hello i'm pauline hamilton from blue zoo i'm head of people and talent at blue zoo uh my current situation is that i was in scotland to visit my old parents uh, when lockdown came into force so I'm now stuck in Scotland looking after my 88-year-old dad. Wow. And that was complete chance that you're up in Scotland? Uh, my mum was being moved into a nursing home on the three Fridays ago, and I came up for that. The home went into quarantine the next day, so we've not been able to see her. And I was fearful that I wasn't sure where the situation was going and I didn't really want to leave my 88-year-old dad uh, on his own. Uh, he has got caterers that come in, but yeah. I didn't know if that was going to continue. So I'm, so now I'm stuck here. That's where you needed to be, absolutely. Thank you, yeah. Pauline. Who's next? Um, so my name's Elaine Kieran and I'm an R&D lead at DNEG. Um, and I'm at home, like everybody else, with my two kids who are four and eight. Um, so very much homeschooling and working at the same Brilliant. time. Thank you, Elaine. And you're no stranger to a Access VFX podcast because you were one of our guests last year on that VFX Mums episode, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. So I'm expecting big things from you, Elaine. Thank you. <laughs> Next. Hello, I'm Emma. I'm a producer at Moonraker VFX in Bristol, and I am a single mum to a seven and ten year old um, who are with me for 50 percent of the time. Thank you, Emma. Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Steve Greaves, um, and I work Union VFX uh, editorial and data ops. And uh, I have one inmate that's two years old. Um, <laughs> and at the moment, I'm, uh, as of today, caring for him full time because uh, my wife just started a new job. 
Excellent. Thank you, Steve. And I'm, I'm enjoying your, uh, your, your diaries that you're publishing at the moment. I'm, I'm not mentioning the C word, not the C word that you would expect, but the, <laughs> the, uh, the current C word. Um, so I'm enjoying your, your blogs, mate. You should, uh, yeah. Oh, thank you. You can plug that afterwards for sure. Thank you, Steve. Uh, cool. Next. It's me, I guess. <laughs> it is. It is. All right. So hi, everyone. I'm Martin from The Foundry. I'm the head of creative specialists. Uh, we are really the in-house artists at the company. I am a father of two, 11 and seven. And um, homeschooling is something I didn't really count on going into this whole thing. So that is quite a lot of fun. Um, and they are fighting me along the way at every yeah. step trying to get through this. So uh, it's definitely fun. You didn't sign up first for sure. Anybody <laughs> did. Thank you, Martin. Next. I am Leo. I'm a software engineer for MPC Film, um, and I am uh, homeschooling and working from home. Uh, my son is nine year, years old now, um, and we are part of a, basically a same-sex couple uh, family. So um, we've got two dads uh, trying to both work from home and homeschool at the same time. It's been incredibly challenging. Um, yeah. Well, it's great. Yeah, I mean, you, you make up um, the uh, one, one of our dads on, on this call as well. And I'm actually really uh, pleased to have some dads on this call because you get quite a lot of, uh, of mums or females on, the, on this call. So you get um, uh, dads times two from you, Leo, for sure. So you can make up for that. Thank you. Tom. Uh, my name's uh, Tom Box, co-founder of Blue Zoo Animation. And I'm, uh, I've got two daughters, seven and four, who kind of not looking after my wife doing that, but working from home whilst they're being homeschooled. On a tropical island, clearly. Yeah, I've escaped there. to the Bahamas. I know, I'm getting far. I need to work on how to do use all this tech. But yeah, thank you, Tom. And yeah, you've got your, uh, your stamp card is full with um, Access VFX Stay at Home podcast. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. And last but not least. Hi, I'm Jenny Burbage from Milk Visual Effects. I look after marketing and comms for Milk. Um, I have two kids, age 10 and 12, and it's been interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a good <laughs> word to use for sure. Brilliant. All right. Thank you, everyone. So uh, I'm going to dive straight into it. I've got about 45 minutes to an hour to play with. So actually, whereas we've got Elaine on the call, um, you know, and I've referenced our, our last set of kind of caring slash kind of parenting episodes. Um, we had a discussion on both the dad and the mum's episode um, uh, around this kind of almost the kind of the, the side eye kind of eye roll that some parents get when they leave early or change their hours last minute or they have to attend a school concert or they have a, uh, uh, someone in their family who's not well. And I was going to ask in the current situation whether there's such a thing as a, like a digital side eye now that everybody's working from home. What do you guys think? Is, is that something that exists currently? in our new normal. I'm going in with a really heavy question first up. So I'm going to go Tom first. Um, I've kind of experienced this just from when I'm going out at lunchtime or something and you feel that kind of guilt that mm. you're going to the park or ever to play with your kids. I get that hour of daily exercise and you're not on call and you feel kind of that angst that you're not working. So it's more of a self-inflicted uh, side eye more than anything, I think. Yes, yeah, so it's almost reversed in many ways, right? Yeah. Because we kind of do overcompensate traditionally when we work from home. Is that fair to say? You know, if we have the odd day. Yeah. For me personally, it might be the odd half day back in, you know, back in the olden days when we used to work. So are we kind of taking that overcompensation to another, another level? So Emma, you had a point to raise on this one. Yeah, I'd say it's more um, 
beating myself up rather than the other way around. The first thing my boss did when this situation came into play was phone up and said, how are you going to cope? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been meetings where I've had a child sat on my knee or somebody in the background or that's, and that's more accepted. Mm-hmm. And if I need to pause for a minute, I'll pause for a minute because um, I can't expect a seven-year-old to un- always understand what's important and what's not. Mm-hmm. So it's been fine actually and I think people are more forgiving because we're all in it together and most people are in the same situation. Yeah interesting. Do you reckon there's almost going to be a, a not that there wasn't a respect for people with caring responsibilities but do you think there's kind of even more of a respect now? I mean it's, the, the, it's kind of the ultimate project management task now isn't it? Job, caring, oh. you know all at the all, home and schooling. It's not just about making sure that they're okay you've got to educate them as well. I mean, it's literally layers of quite stressful roles, right? Yeah, and still feed them and clean the house and do the washing. So actually, less time for yourself because you're trying to pick up time once they're busy or once they're in bed. So I feel like there's less you time um, because you are constantly in a work environment. There's no leaving it behind. Yeah, and I guess when you're in your situation, like I said, you're a single parent, so there's no tag team, is that fair to say? Uh, no, there's no tag team, but um, it's actually working quite well because the children have got two environments they can go to. Mm. So we're splitting our time down the middle, and I think it's good for them to know that in two days they'll be going to Daddy's house, who does things differently and schools differently. Um, Interesting. So in, in some respects, it's a little bit easier for them because they know they're going somewhere else. Okay, thank you, Emma. Elaine, you were going to add to the conversation. Yeah, it was just the same. It's like, I, I think now, because everyone's getting a kind of sneaky window into everyone's kind of home life, mm. so it's not just you come into work and then when you leave work, you kind of almost disappear as a person. So yeah. everyone's now juggling everything in front of everyone. Um, and I think people are really forgiving and really understanding of it because exactly that, like I was in a, I was in a call and the kids came in and they were complaining and they just didn't understand that. You know, yeah. I, I was busy. They, I was here and I was available and I was at home. So there's no reason why I wouldn't just immediately help them. Um, and everyone could see that. So, yeah, I think it's just it's just way more apparent for people. So, yeah. And I think both you and Emma have mentioned that kind of support you get from your, your studio. People are, there's, there's definitely a lot more backup there than you, you would think of best originally. Leo, you're going to add to that. Yeah. Um, no, I was just uh, thinking about the, uh, you have to be a little bit more creative with your time. Um, in business, we have our, we have a bit of flexible time already. We have our core hours that we need to do um, from like 10, 10 a.m. to 6, 6 p.m. And then if you do your hours, you can, you can decide if you work in the morning or if you work a bit more in the evening. Uh, but the problem with homeschooling is that you can't even uh, stick to core hours because mm-hmm. homeschooling happens during core hours. Um, so we are having to be a lot more creative with, with that. So um, my husband and I, we've been taking turns. Uh, my son goes to a bilingual school, which makes mm-hmm. things a bit easier because it means my husband is French. He covers the French hours. I cover the uh, English hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and we basically just work the evenings to make up for the, the lost times in the day. Um, that, your point around flexible working and core hours, I mean, this is a question for everybody in many ways, is, you know, is there an expectation to literally fill in your kind of doc, your, your clocking sheet with 
nine and a half hour, whatever the, the shift is, you know, uh, is there flexibility there? Because realistically, you could have a whole morning schooling your child, right? I mean, you work until 12 o'clock at night, that can't be healthy for anybody, right? Yeah, what I try to do is that I try to, um, when we have meetings, I allocate a bit of time and then I give my, my kid an activity, kind of like a long break uh, for him to do. So it could be something like watching um, a documentary on TV. Uh, he loves watching like, you know, the 57 most dangerous animal in, animals in Amazon, the Amazon forest, that kind of stuff. Um, and then I can allocate that time at least for the meetings. The rest of the time, um, I'm kind of like doubling up between having my computer and mm. his uh, online uh, schooling at the same time. So I'm kind of like working and shifting between working and explaining things to him at the mm. same time. Um, but yeah, it's, okay. it's not, not easy. And uh, in terms of the business, I guess, there is an expectation that people are going to do their hours, but obviously for parents, we are in kind of like a special situation. So I think there is an understanding that we need to be a little bit more flexible. Okay, thank you, Leah. Jenny, you're going to add to the conversation. Yeah, I was just going to echo what Emma and Elaine had said about us all being in it together. And from what I've experienced at Milk and other people in other work environments, there's generally been a lot more respect for people's time because some people could be getting ill. They could be looking after people who live in their household who are ill, mm. supporting elderly parents or have caring roles that aren't just looking after mm. children. I've, I've seen a lot of flexibility, which I think has been really encouraging. Mm. And I think, I think probably, I imagine all of us hope that in the future across the board, employers do adopt a slightly more open-minded approach now to flexible working because we've all been forced into doing it and we've all adapted incredibly quickly. I mean, literally in 14 days, look how quickly one way or another most people have found a way to make this work. Yeah. You know, it's pretty phenomenal. So what else can be achieved? Pauline, you can add to that. Yeah, I think um, it was echoing what Elaine and Emma said about the fact that this situation has really shone a light on people's individual sets of circumstances Yeah, in a way that you might not have known quite so, uh, so much detail about. Mm. And I think that means that people really do have to think about the situation that somebody's in and what they're having to deal with and manage. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really, really interesting. I think in terms of the people trying to get their hours done around everything else that they have to do, uh, we're trying to be, we're trying to deal with it on a case by case basis because everybody's situation is different. Yeah. So, you know, we've got somebody whose partner is a key worker uh she's got a two-year-old there was just there was just no way she was in she was looking after two-year-old 11 hours a day on her own right, wow. which is a different situation to say my situation which is a different situation to tom's situation so we are trying to get information from everybody in each of those situations mm. and say what can we do what can be done to help you Mm. And we don't have an expectation that you can fit eight hours in every day around all of this. And mm. if you can't do that, how are we going to manage that? Mm. That's a really good. And point, not expect Pauline. that person to come up with come yeah. up with the answer. I'm still here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you, Paul. I'm not going to come back to this subject, um, but Elaine, you you were going to add to that. 
I was just going to say, I think, I think there's a, when you said the word expectation there, that's a really important word mm. because everybody's expectations of everything has had to be kind of reevaluated because, you know, normal life as we know it has changed. And so our normal expectations of everything, of ourselves, of our kids, of the people we look after, of our coworkers, it all just kind of is irrelevant now. And we have to yeah. recalibrate what those expectations can be. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, on the back of what you just said about expectation, actually, in Pauline's point around um, situations and people's situations, is there, I, I feel that this whole, particularly kind of for companies, that there's a real, there's a real responsibility on leadership to almost, in, or to test of leadership to understand their people, right? I mean, everybody's situations are different. I mean, everybody on this call has a different situation, right? Um, is there a responsibility on studio senior management to um, understand their teams more in some cases? Is that, is that a, fair, a fair question? I mean, and that can be a good thing, but it can also be a lot of pressure. Pauline? Yeah, I think what's really interesting about this situation is, is that not just people who have got caring responsibilities, but I know an awful lot about people's individual living circumstances mm. that I didn't know before. Mm. And it's made me really appreciate what people that, that are in our company, uh, how they live. Mm. Um, and it might be to do with how many people they share a flat with or how many children they've got. But it's, it's really made me feel like we have to be much more mindful of this different situations that people yeah. um, are living in. Mm. And that in normal circumstances, they come to work and they're super enthusiastic and you don't really know about these situations. Um, but actually, some of them are quite challenging. Yeah. It's been a real insight for me. I bet, particularly in your role as head of people, right? I mean, I've, uh, yeah, I mean, even been doing these podcast episodes, I mean, they're all starting to kind of cross over a little bit. So on the last uh, episode on uh, well-being, there's a lot of conversation around again, people's situations, you know, as people who live by themselves, as people who live in kind of, you know, flat shares, like particularly the, the, the younger generation. And then you have all kinds of different relationships and, and, and family structures. Um, I want to kind of move on to um, kind of the industry piece. And um, ha having uh, spent seven plus years in the visual effects industry personally, um, you know, I know that it's a kind of quite a long hours culture and I can only speak for my own frame of reference. And I wanted to explore kind of how you manage that we've touched on it a bit i think leah you touched on some of this already and i'm thinking those of you on the call who are working particularly creative production kind of pipeline type roles how you're getting that balance right between caring educating looking after people whether they be um, relatives or or children but still getting the work out of the door and managing all those client expectations i just wanted to kind of have a bit of a conversation around best practice really emma um I think that differs for every family. I'm getting up at um, the days the children are here. I'm up at half past six, getting a couple of hours in before we do Joe Wicks PE. And then it depends what's happening with my children that day as well, if I'm completely honest. So I can have the best will in the world and I can have a timetable out, which is what my daughter needs to mentally keep, going, keep her going. But my son might have a meltdown because he's feeling angry at the situation of being locked in his house. So then my plan goes out of the window because actually he mentally needs love and attention and care and to know that it's okay. 
So flexibility in the workplace that I might have to move things around depending on what's going on in the house that day. But, and yeah, we do have a timetable that we're trying to stick to, but it's also just being a bit kind and go easy on myself that mm. I can't do everything and we won't get it all right. And as long as I've hit a few markers and got a few holding emails out, bear with me, I'll be back online in a couple of hours. Mm. Or if I have to stick a film on and get some chocolate involved just to be able to catch back up, that's okay <laughs> as well. Okay, thank you, Emma. Tom, you're going to add to that. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that I feel like the way I've kind of tried to um, deal with it is by being a lot more structured than I usually would. This is something I think we touched on in the previous podcast. But in terms of working from home, having much more uh, of a stricter kind of like plan of what you're doing in a day. For example, I always try and keep 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. free. So I can have lunch with my family then do a little activity after lunch. And the same thing at 5 p.m. And then make sure I'm kind of catching up around those hours by kind of being a bit more flexible. And I think from an employer point of view, I guess all we're trying to do is just making sure that everyone knows what their expectations are in terms of um, what, they've, what they're meant to deliver in a week. And then, um, and then it doesn't really matter when they do that, as long as they're communicating and getting it done, then surely all the, that's that matters. And just working out what is possible. So you're kind of like, you're negotiating what is achievable within the week, and then they can just do it without having to check in every five minutes to check that they're at their computer. And I think hopefully that will lead to a better place in the industry when, uh, when more, uh, that there's a better trust between employer and employee that yeah. they're, they're getting the work done. Yeah, and I guess we're all getting more structured, like you say, as well. So we'll all be much better at time management when we go back to our respective studios, right? Yeah. Um, Steve, you're going to add to that, man. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, because um, uh, luckily my son's at an age where um, he still takes naps during the middle of the day. So I've always got that kind of couple of hours from like half 12 to half two to either take lunch or um, just sort of like ease myself back into like doing a load of work and then as he gets up and everything else, like sort of give him a few hobbies to do, uh, activities to do, if he'll do them, because he's at like a crazy age where he, to be honest, his attention span, he just kind of like, he'll look at something for about a minute and then he'll want to throw it around or something. So yeah, um, yeah it's just a bit more of a case of sort of just being like knowing where, like managing expectations with all my colleagues by saying, hey, um, I'm probably not going to be able to get back to you straight away. Can you mm. give me um like plenty of notice as and when you need me to like do something that's quite urgent and then getting back on it um then and then using up what time i have for activities or yeah just making sure that he's staying in place and yeah, yeah. i think that's fair and i think uh, yeah i'm glad you men mentioned managing expectations because a number of you have already talked about there's there's more of an appreciation, there's more of an understanding for each given situation. Um, so, I mean, we've always managed expectations in our industry anyway, because it's client facing. Um, so uh, it's just encouraging to hear that actually, yeah, you might not be available the whole morning. I know a lot of my mornings tend to be homeschooling and then I focus in the afternoon on, on, on getting the job done, right? Um, Jenny, you were gonna add to that. Yeah, I was just gonna echo very much what Tom was saying about it's about managing expectations and mm. I think the same probably the same approach in most studios but at milk it's very similar to how it's being handled at blue zoo like tom says yeah. just about tuning into people's circumstances and, and then working out what can be done mm. and 
realistic and then scheduling everything around that. That's very much what I've been doing, similar to Tom, taking sort of a lunch break and some time afterwards, mm. getting up a bit earlier in the morning before the kids are up so that yeah. the time balanced out and it's not rushed and people know when to expect me. Mm. And that, that seems to be working quite well. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, Martin, I can tell whether you, you lifted your hand or not, I, I feel I should uh, loop you into the conversation. You've been pensively yeah. soaking up all the, uh, the answers. I do, I do find it fascinating to listen to all your stories. Uh, my situation is maybe slightly different. I'm doing the whole working from home for eight years now. Oh, wow. Um, in, in Austria. And um, so a lot of the feeding problems, uh, I guess, uh, you know, having generally feeling uneasy by doing something else. I think I went through that um, initially, you know, so I had the years to kind of prepare for, for these few weeks. Mm. And um, um, it all, eventually, as it was chipping away from me, uh, on me, eventually it all kind of resolved. So um, we have a lot of calls with a lot of clients uh, throughout the days. And um, at this point, it's really not even an issue when the kids walk in or the cat walks mm. across my screen or any of that. So I did become quite immune to all, yeah. all, all of it. Yeah, I was really hoping that um, I'm, we've still got a good half an hour left of this conversation. I just want something to happen. It would just be great as this is kind of about <laughs> caring responsibility, some random humans that appear in the background. <laughs> Leo. Well, I just I have an example right here happening while we're having this conversation. My kid is having a meltdown. At the oh, back. really? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I can hear the shouting through the, the screen. It started and already. It's just stuff that happens, but lucky we have two here. So you yeah. know, when one is busy, the other one can handle the situation. Yeah. yeah cool. Good. Like a live example. We can't hear anything here. I think you got, must have good soundproofing. <laughs> That's why we mute you on microphone. <laughs> Uh, but how, how is your role different than uh, Pauline? So, you know, you're talking about kind of your situation, you know, do you find similar challenges? It's different because obviously my dad's fairly self-sufficient. Mm. He, he rarely has a meltdown. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's quite self-sufficient, but he hasn't got the awareness. So, for example, there is a hatch here. And the reason that hatch is never in shot anymore is because often he'll just stick his head through. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, uh, so I think my situation is different. I don't have to deal with homeschooling. Yeah. I don't have to deal with meltdowns. It's it's nowhere near as stressful, mm. I don't think. Um, it has, it's got, there's emotional stresses to it mm. in mm. dealing with, you know, in the reality, the day-to-day -day reality of what, you know, what an 88-year-old man, yeah. you know, is like. That's quite, that's an emotional mm. thing. Um, it's, but I, I certainly don't feel like I'm under the same sort of pressure as parents who are, who are trying to, because let's face it, this isn't like, this isn't just like working from home. It's not at all like working from home. We are all at home trying to work from home in a crisis. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's a really important distinction for everybody to have in their head is that this isn't a normal working from home day. Yeah. It's a completely different situation. And so the expectations have to be altered. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Paul. It's a really good point. Aileen? Elaine. I'm not going to call you alien again, I promise. <laughs> Elaine, you were going to add. Um, yeah, just, just kind of 
on from Pauline's point about it not being a normal situation, um, there was a really interesting email that was sent around and a lot of parents probably picked it up on the internet from um, a, a random headmaster who was responding to all the parents going, oh my God, how am I going to juggle homeschooling and work? And he basically described it as it's, it's not homeschooling because mm. homeschooling is something that you, you choose, you plan for, you know, you've got dedicated time for, you know, it's, it's completely different to this, which is not a choice for anybody. I mean, we're doing yeah. it and people are doing the best they can, but kind of almost calling it homeschooling is in a way unfair because it's added pressure. Yeah. And so it's, it's the same thing. It's like, you have to think about it for what it is. And it, it is a different situation than the title kind of yeah. lends it to be. We should just call it survival. Yeah. Just like broad <laughs> brush strokes. Um, you, uh, I think Pauline, you mentioned emotional stress and I think every situation we've been talking about on these celebrity squares here um, has different degrees of that stress. So I wanted to kind of uh, move the conversation on to sort of self-care in time for you. So let's say, for example, you are expected to educate your, your, your kids. You've got to get the job out of the door. You've got to make sure you're, you're, you're looking after your caring responsibilities at the same time. There's relationships. There's people in your life. I mean, there's a lot to kind of take on board and everybody is in the eye of their own storm at the moment, uh, whatever situation they're in, even outside of what we're talking about today. So what do you do to kind of keep yourself, pardon the expression, but keep yourself sane to take, take time for you to ensure that you stay healthily kind of mentally? I, um, myself, I try to practice a bit of meditation. I use a, a Headspace app every day to try and like keep mm. sane in the middle of all this. Um, but you mentioned like the, the stress of the situation. Um, a lot of people in our industry, they work uh, with contracts, with fixed term contracts, right? And um, it, it is the case, like the business generally have been very good uh, handling the situation and accommodating parents and all of that. But there's always that uncertainty, especially for people who are having their contracts ending in the middle of this period. Mm -hmm that you don't know what's going to happen to you. You don't know if you're going to be laid off after, like you don't know if the contract is going to be renewed. And um, homeschooling makes it even harder because there's always that thing in the back of your mind, like am I doing enough to, you know, to keep my job while mm. this is happening? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's an incredibly stressful time, I think. Yeah. So Leo, you favor a kind of meditation as a go-to, right? Yeah. Where Jenny, you were going to add to, to the thread, what, what's your go-to for self-care? Um, probably making sure I get outside and get some fresh air. I run and or walk if I'm not running that day and do yoga. But I think for everyone, it's about working out what are those things that keep you up? What, what lifts you up? What are those super? superpower things that you know give you a boost and maybe pick one or two of them that are feasible and keep doing them and know that you'll feel better when when you do them yeah because you know we have to try and i think control control the things that we can control we're not going to be able to control what's going on outside coronavirus mm. all these other circumstances we're mm. supposed to manage but the important thing i think is focusing on what we actually are able to control because that can that can make you feel a lot better yeah, I fully endorse going for a run and listening to the Access VFX podcast at the same time. It's a real motivator. Thank you, Jenny. Emma? Um, my family's having a lot of check-in time, which it was formerly cuddle time, 
with its own theme tune. It's now check-in time. So um, 30 minutes before bed, we all pile into my bed and we're honest with each other. And what's been good that day, what's been bad that day, like how that. you're feeling in yourself. Hmm. Um, just so we can work out, because we're trying to work out what is working, what isn't working. And that's really good for the children, actually, to be able hmm. to tell me that was awful, please make me never do maths again, or <laughs> tell me how frustrated their day is. And I found if they're calmer, then I'm actually calmer. Yeah, you'll feel so it for children, don't you? Allowing everyone in the house to be vocal every day about how they're feeling is mm. really helping. Yeah, and being heard as well is so important, isn't it? Yeah. Pauline? Uh, I found that in the first couple of weeks, it was so full on that I was just kind of getting up, starting at seven, working all the way through. Yeah. Um, and I realised that I really, really have to go outside at least once yeah. a day and go for a walk. Uh, and I'm really lucky because my dad's and mum's house is on the edge of a big park, so a big woods, so I can do that. Um, I think the other thing that I found interesting is is that um, my dad loves to eat. Turns out he eats every 30 minutes, who knew? Um, he, he loves to eat, so one of the things, and usually when I'm not here, he just has um, sort of microwave meals. So what I've been enjoying is cooking and then because he appreciates it so much mm. um and actually cooking is quite a meditative thing for me to do with the radio on so that yeah. that's something i hadn't thought about that i've been really enjoying and so is he yeah and i guess it's quite meditative as well isn't it off the back yeah, of what you were lovely. saying as well it's another form of mindfulness yeah. um steve yeah um well i i kind of i had to like sort of isolate a bit for like the last two weeks so then, oh, really wow uh, yeah yeah yeah, my first day I had like a cold. I think it was just a cold. Um, but like, so I was just like in for a while. But um, yeah, I found like, um, I just kind of like started writing a bit and just sort of just helped me kind of make sense and sort of just sort of thought, sort of kind of vomit down something. Yeah. <laughs> just how crazy everything was like is at the moment. And it uh, just kind of helped me like sort of compartmentalize it all and just sort of like break it down into what's happening. Uh, that kind of helped big time. And um, mm. yeah, that and Tiger King, really, I think. Tiger <laughs> yeah, amazing. I love that show. Other shows are available, but yeah, absolutely. What episode are you on so far? Oh, I've fi finished. Come oh, on. man, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm about episode, episode three. I'm getting there, but yeah, I hear you for sure. Elaine? Um, I kind of rediscovered something I used to do years and years ago and, and forgot I did. Um, but I used to keep a little kind of doodle journal. It's not really a journal. It's hmm. just like a doodle book, really. Yeah, nice. um, and I kind of rediscovered doing that because um, I didn't, especially in the earlier kind of days and weeks when your head was all over the place and you're trying not to read the news and uh, like pay attention to what everything's that's going on. Um, so sitting with the kids and they were just, you know, painting or coloring in or whatever. And I just kind of, start to doodle and it really helped i guess it's a bit like meditation in a way because it didn't really matter what yeah. came out um but yeah that, that's really helped me actually oh nice yeah my, my son loves coloring and i often just sit down him and we have a bit of a color session it's kind of fun not telecine or anything like that but you know coloring books um tom you had your um yeah i was just going to add to that point really in terms of what i found before when there's like a lot of stuff going on in in addition to more of the kind of the uh, the mindfulness stuff i found on a journaling point of view just writing down every morning what you're what you're kind of 
along with what your ambitions are for the day, writing down, um, say, two of the things that are playing on your mind, and then writing down next to that what two things you're going to do to try and chip away at those. And even, I found even if those are the smallest things, you've kind of like psychologically tricked your mind into thinking you're, well, not tricked your mind, but mm. you, you're dealing with that and you're doing something. And I felt that has reduced a lot of those kind of anxieties of all those things you've got to deal with just by kind of writing yeah. them down every day and saying what what one thing you're going to do even if it's just a five minute thing of sending an email to try and chip away that problem but i've, I've yeah. personally found that to be a really uh quick and efficient way of dealing with some of those problems just by by writing it down and trying to think about it and it doesn't have to be super you know high bar it can be fairly mid to yeah. low bar stuff yeah yeah totally yeah. thanks tom jenny do you have your hand up there yeah, I was just going to say what Tom's just said there is a perfect example of bringing the control back to things you can control rather yeah. than you can't, even if it's just a tiny thing, it doesn't matter. It's, 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 it's something that you're actually doing, which can make you yeah. feel better. Well, on that point around taking the, the, the power back, the control back, is there something in this conversation about forgiveness? Forgiveness. Like I've been having a number of conversations around this about everybody giving this, not on this episode necessarily, but people giving themselves a hard time because they haven't you know delivered what they wanted to do or they may not have ticked um uh, one of their their uh, journal uh, achievements or you know, anything like that i mean is there something about giving ourselves a break because a we're this is a weird situation we're in and b we're not we're not professional carers not professional we're not educators right so has anybody got anything to add to that tom um I, it's not exactly on the note but i was just going to say one of the things that i think is important to flag up that a lot of these i mean this is breaks down into kind of two things that's childcare, but what's different at that moment it's a more of a temporary childcare issue whilst this goes on so i think it's really good to differentiate what the normal problems are versus what the problems are whilst in kind of the lockdown situation um because otherwise there is there is a resolution in time to that but then it's about working out what small things you can do before that so i think it's to keep in keep in mind all the time that this isn't going to go on forever i guess is a simple way of saying that but in terms of forgiveness i thought you're going to say in terms of forgiveness about having children in the first place well, we could go there. The if you want us to go there tom we can <laughs> we might need another hour or two um yeah, any, any other comment on that then about allowing yourself, you know, we, I remember years ago when I, yeah, not years ago when I worked in Andy, I still work in L&D now, but you know, about um, setting yourself objectives to, to fa you know, it's okay to fail. And in this case, it's okay to forgive ourselves. Um, Elaine, you're going to add to that. Well, definitely. Because if you, when you look at all the stuff that is out there for, let's say homeschooling, and there's reams and reams of websites that are now free. And there's all these people saying, I'm, I'm doing this and that and the other and you sit down and you try and do any of it with your kids and they just immediately go like, I don't want to learn my times tables and my spellings and I don't want to do any of the yeah. things that you've, you've thought would at least distract you for half an hour. You know, you would absolutely beat yourself up about that if you thought, yeah. oh my God, I, I can't do this. So it's completely, you have to just, um, yeah, manage, manage what you, what happens. And if nobody wants to do anything, then that is also just fine, yeah. you know? If you, if you if you have to sit down and have a cup of tea and as emma said put the telly on and give them chocolate that's completely fine because that is yeah, just going to make okay. everyone feel better every day is um, different right yeah yeah completely yeah. um steve yeah no i i agree it's um sometimes you do you have to like put them in front of the for a couple of hours or something if need be just to like get stuff done and be productive and that and it is quite hard really like to not beat yourself up about it especially when you know, you're kind of coming along to the songs now because they're all drilled into your head. You've had it on that long yeah. in the background and everything. But 
like yeah it's um it's all about like managing and because there's no precedent for this situation that we're in kind of mm -hmm. everyone's just kind of adapting anyway um and doing their own thing and it's like tom says it's not going to be forever mm -hmm. so you just kind of have to hold on to that thought a little bit sometimes and just do as much as you can in as much as <clears throat> as far as teaching them goes and trying to educate them and everything else i mean uh, like I said, my son's two, so it's hard to kind of teach him anything at the moment, really, beyond just like the odd words, like we'll show him an apple or something. <laughs> <laughs> just get like the odd object. But um, yeah, I think I think definitely um, sort of that self-forgiveness is definitely important in this. Okay, so I've got a lot of hands up here. So I'm going to, Leo, I've got you, don't worry. And uh, yeah. Elaine, I'm coming to you as well. But Tom, you had your hand up first. Um, yes, I was going to say, I think there was a, a post shared on the X of X Slack about um, homeschooling. I can't remember who shared it now. Um, but it was great. It gave some great uh, tips. And I think one of the ones that stood out um, for me and my, my wife uh, was the fact that when you're homeschooling, you, don't, you, there's, you can have forgiveness in the fact that you're not, you don't need to copy what happens in school in a school day because it's not the same so you don't have to spend six hours a day because they got they've got i think the 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 item on the advice was because you're because you've got one-on-one -on -one, um tutoring almost mm -hmm. you can do that in a much shorter amount of time so you can do that in just three hours a day rather than the six hours a day at might at school when mm -hmm. they've got uh, 30 kids to one teacher so i think that's a really good takeaway from that point from the forgiveness that you yeah. don't need to emulate what traditional school is like when you are at home with your children you're not a one-person um, educational system right yeah and um, leo uh yeah i was just uh, going to uh, say more or less the same as uh, tom said um it was also an email i got from like uh, uh, one of the parents group i, I participate on um apparently coming from someone who's has been homeschooling for a long time and uh, they were saying exactly the same thing. You don't need to do your six hours of school because mm. um, the fact that you're doing a one-to-one -one session with your kid it means that they're absorbing much more mm. because they have full attention. Uh, so it, instead of like having to share that with like I don't know twenty, thirty kids uh, mm. in class, so you basically you can do half. You can do the same thing that school covers in a whole day. You can do it half mm. a day. Um, so you don't need to beat yourself up about it. You're not like following a strict uh, timetable yeah. with the kids. Um, but yeah, so the other thing is it, the hard bit for us is not exactly following a timetable, but it's to make our son understand this new role of teachers that we're taking on as well, mm -hmm. because we have a role as, as parents and uh, you know that children uh, they, they treat their children differently. Like they, they often behave uh, outside uh, home in a completely different way than they do with you. Because with you, they feel more comfortable about expressing their feelings, being upset, and you know. Um, so it's been really hard to um, to make him understand that we are taking the role of the teacher, and he has to listen and not argue for every single thing. Um, but yeah, so we just need to take it in like yeah. short verse you know that's that's a that's a lesson in itself isn't it you understanding your role as as an a, a temporary educator or you know part-time educator emma you had your uh, logo um, yeah i um we've kind of started we've changed roles a bit in our house i think at first when i didn't know how childcare was going to work or homeschooling was going to work 
uh, and I got a little bit paranoid if I got sick, who's going to look after the children? So we're taking more time learning life skills. So lunchtime is not about your mum making your dinner and bringing it to you. It's where we're making this together. So if mummy does fall ill, you know how to make soup or pasta mm-hmm. or a sandwich. Um, you can help me put something in the washing machine. And we're, sh- we, we're sharing the roles more in the house which is how it should be let's be honest yeah absolutely but our kids don't do that like we did as children mm-hmm. maybe that's just my household so that's been important that we all look after each other and it doesn't all fall on me all of the time yeah i've yeah. also been grateful extremely grateful rather than having to forgive myself that i've got a garden which has been incredible and we're in a house and we're all healthy and we've been able to get food and toilet rolls so mm. i know i can't get anything perfect so that that's gone out the window but just grateful and sharing all responsibilities has been the big takeaways from our house it's a great one i'm going to borrow that one for sure thank you emma jenny i was gonna agree with emma we, I've, we've taken the opportunity to sort of do a few life skill things. My kids mm. are 10 and 12, so it's easier to do that. Some are mm. younger, but somebody made lunch and somebody's actually clearing up lunch, I hope now. Um, and the other one's going to help with dinner. And we're trying to do that every day. I've kind of created a little menu for them. Um, it's the Easter holidays now, but two education related things in the morning, but that doesn't have to be lessons just something that they, they've chosen that maybe schools set them or that they want to do a quiz. And then they choose a house thing to do, help with lunch, help yeah. with dinner and something creative if they want to. And then we get some exercise, but they mm. can choose from a menu of different options if every morning, if they want. Yeah. We f- I found that works because they feel like they're choosing what they want to do rather than me saying, yeah. right, today we're doing maths and English and history or whatever. Yeah, thank um, you, they're enjoying mucking in which is nice um elaine yeah it's just it's it's kind of the same thing it's about like you know we're we feel like we have to teach them their abcs and their maths but really we're getting this incredibly intense concentrated amount of time with our kids which we never get like uninterrupted for weeks and weeks and so everything just slows right down you know you're not running off to this lesson and that lesson and pick up from school and going to swimming and trying to balance everything so there's 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 time to be to kind of use that time in in the kind of life lesson way and just appreciate it and be together and Mm. embrace that and the kids will just learn stuff from that you know they'll just Mm. there will be slower they'll be less distracted by us doing things for them Mm. and they will just get more involved in the house and being around the place and they, they learn loads that way anyway so yeah brilliant so steve next then yeah. jenny then yeah, yeah. Uh, no i was just gonna say as well i think one of the um the, the one of the hardest things about him being out from his normal childcare routine is uh the fact that with um, me and my wife are down in london and the rest of our family kind of live up north and everything and obviously with this going on anyway everybody's uh, self-quarantined but he doesn't have any brothers or sisters or anything, so it's like more of a social aspect for him is like, and it's quite tough like the longer this goes on. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's quite hard to kind of, um, so yeah, I mean, we, like he's only got us to socialize with at the moment. So it's kind of, um, 
Yeah, we're yeah. just trying to, we're trying to do the FaceTime thing, but I don't know how effective that is with like two-year-old toddlers. Yeah, yeah. Um, that should be the next podcast episode. Just load of toddlers on a Zoom call. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so it's just kind of like it's trying to make them aware that there's other people in the world as well. Still, that um, mm. that everyone's just like evaporated or something. Because um, like, when it comes out of it, it's going to be kind of like quite interesting to like I'm. I'm sure the nurse is gonna have a lot of fun, sort of like, cause he's gonna like, he's gonna be very clingy, I imagine, like by the time. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so that's gonna be quite tough and an interesting sort it's of glimpse of the future there, Steve. Yeah. Jenny. I was just gonna say, going back to Anna's comments as well, that our kids are gonna, depending on their age, they're gonna learn quite a lot from how we react and act during this time, because they they will and do copy everything that we do. So I guess. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of learning there as well about coping with an extraordinary situation and yeah. them sort of taking our, our behavior as a bit of a model. Yeah, it's true, actually. I mean, I have to have pep talks with my son about, you know, you have to ramp up the kindness and the patience and the listening and all the, all the, all the soft skills we're always preaching at various Access VFX events, right? It's kind of uh, those, those, like you said, those life skills get ramped up. Uh, Pauline, you were going to add to the thread. Yeah, just talking about, you know, kids helping out with, with cooking and laundry and whatever. I've got it at the other end of the scale where <laughs> my, you know, my dad, two years, they had a traditional relationship where she pretty much did everything. Um, and he, she's now in a home. And so he's really taken on responsibility for making sure that the dishes are done and, mm. and the laundry's done, which makes me feel like, if I ever get to come back to London, that he's actually learned some really, really useful skills. Exactly, some comfort there. I don't, I'm not going to feel quite so bad about him being here on his own. Um, so we've got about 10 minutes left, and I wanted to kind of dedicate that to um, uh, resources, because one of the conversations we've just had is about that kind of forgiveness and that kind of almost overwhelming nature of everything that's out there at the moment. I mean, uh, the, uh, Jenny, the list you shared earlier was amazing. But equally, it's also a really long list of things. And you, you could be in danger of going, oh, my God, I've got to commit to being the greatest educator and the greatest art teacher and the greatest English teacher. And I have to do P. I mean, I've done my knee in from Joe Wicks. I can't do Joe Wicks now. I'm done. Um, but trying to fit it all in and almost the expectations can feel quite high um, and you can put a lot of pressure on yourself. But I did want to end the episode on some, some tips for people out there, you know, people who are listening and or watching this on YouTube that they can take away. So are there any resources that have worked for you, digital, digital or otherwise? So anybody want to kind of share anything that they've, they've got a lot from in the last few weeks? We've done a, this is a bit of a crazy one. Um, we've taken a wall in our house and we've separated it into squares with masking tape. And every week um, with tester paint pots, they're doing a picture a week and because it's on the wall of the house, they're taking it quite seriously. I mean, it's taking hours, which is incredible. And at the end of it, we'll have a massive piece of artwork, which will remind us of this time. Excellent. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. Well, I do know what I was thinking. I was trying to use up two hours of time. But um, I, can't, I actually can't wait to see what it looks like at the end. Um, because I, as I keep telling the children, you are in a part of history. 
this mm. is history. You're going to tell, if you choose to have children, yeah. you're going to tell your children about this. Remember yeah. that time. So we're writing, we're writing notes every day, funny things that we've said whilst in lockdown. Brilliant. And we're kind of creating our own history book to one day share with other members of our family. I love that. It's like a time capsule for yeah. living on the wall. Can't bury it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, great start. Okay. Anybody want to build on that? Anything anybody else has kind of really got a lot from in the last few weeks? Yeah, I just, uh, mine is just a little tip. Um, children, they, they like having a routine. You know? It's something that uh, helps them to cope with uncertainty. Uh, when you know, if you don't have a, a timetable or if you do things at different times, uh, they never know what's going to happen next and that can create anxiety. Uh, so one of the things that I did here and it's helping quite a lot is to actually set up an alarm for things um, because it's kind of like what they have at school, right? There's the, the bell, the bell rings, they know it's time okay. to start uh, schooling. So we do that, you know, we're having breakfast and instead of like letting the instead of letting the time slip, we just mm. set an alarm and say, okay, we're going to start this at 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. And uh, the alarm rings and he knows it's time. So it, wow. it's been helping quite a lot. That's a, that's a really good tip, actually. Uh, you almost want to invest in a proper like ring-a-ding alarm that you put on the wall, you know, like the red one with the, the hammer. Uh, that's a really, really great shout. Thank you, Leah. Anybody else have any tips or tricks they've used? Jenny? Making sure that mealtimes stay vaguely on time. Okay. And letting them choose from a menu of activities rather so that they feel that they've got some control on what's going on but within the structure of a normal day okay thank you jenny elaine um so my kids are well four and eight but they're quite um young in their heads if you like and they do a lot of um kind of small world play and so actually spending time getting down on the floor and playing playmobile with them in their little imaginary worlds has really helped because that's when a lot of their thoughts really come out like you can ask them, how do you feel? Are you worried? And they just go, man, I'm fine. But when they're playing, they, you know, they move the little yeah. person around and go, oh, I can't come out to play. I have to stay in the house today. And it actually gives you a chance to really see how they're doing. And then you can talk back to them in their little imaginary world. And that's really helped um, like because it gives you a picture of where they are. Okay. And so, yeah, you can. Yeah. So that, that's really helped us, actually. Thanks, Elaine. Um, Pauline, is there anything that you want to add to that in your, your situation? Any tips for anybody with caring responsibilities? Uh, be kind. Be kind and patient. Okay, so exactly and the advice I give my son every morning. I would imagine I've never had children, so uh, I don't know, but I, I can imagine it's the same at the, at the child end. It really well. is. Uh, <laughs> Everything you've said. Which can be really, really challenging. Yeah. yeah 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 i mean you're all you're also, if you feel stressed or you know i'd really i would really like to be at home i'd really like to be back in london that makes mm. me a bit upset um and it's it's still trying to be kind and patient uh with with my dad because he's got his own particular set of things that he's worried about yeah and is there something about him being kind and patient with you as well based on the fact that you're not at home <laughs> home and you're yeah, doing, cooking as long meals. as lunch isn't more than five minutes too late. <laughs> well, oh, every half an hour, as you said earlier, right? <laughs> Brilliant. Anybody else want to throw anything else in? Because I know that time flies on these podcasts, and I'm very aware we've done almost an hour of, of, of conversation. And I'm not, I'm not sure what limits are with podcasts, but I think hour feels like, a, you know, the, the attention uh, that people have on these things when they go for a... When Jenny's out for a run, listening to the next one. Um, 
But does anybody have anything else, any great gold tips they want to add before we close? Any final words, Jenny? I would say there's so much information and pressure and so many things changing and going on. And I think your best is good enough. Mm. It's really important to remember. Wow, that's some real dynamite final words there. Thank you. That's another mic drop moment. Um, yeah, so I just want to thank everybody on, on the call. Thank you so much for giving up a, another hour of, you, of your day to contribute to the, the Stay at Home series. I think there's a hashtag in there for the next uh, social announcement. Uh, so I want to say a big thank you to Pauline, to Elaine, to Martin, to Steve, to Emma, to Leo, to Tom and to Jenny. Um, a little plug for our next podcast. I always do the plugs because it means we have to do it. So I'm looking at Tom Square now just to check he's on board. Um, so we're going to be doing our part two to uh, our um, staying well while staying in episode and we're attempting to do it as a, a live feed so a live webinar with the audience uh, interaction and participation so we'll be putting the word out about that this week so we hope you'll tune in for that uh, and all thanks to anybody who's downloading these who's listening to them on youtube watching them on youtube or listening to them on our various podcast platform we're getting lots of great feedback that these really help people out and i think the conversation you've had just now i mean it's helped me out as a parent so all of you so um thank you that's the only reason i put it in just to kind of get a bit of uh, emotional support um but yeah big big thank you uh thank you for getting involved with xvfx podcast whether you're on the celebrity squares or, or listening or watching so uh have a great day, have a great week, stay well, stay safe, and uh, see you on the next one. There we go. End of another Access VFX podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about what we discussed, our mentoring program and events we're at, then head over to our website at www.accessvfx.org and follow us on social media. Big thank you for listening, and until next time, bye.